This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Our show every Tuesday and Friday uh, on a on a Tuesday and a Friday at five PM is what I was going to say. You know those moments where you just have a complete brain fart. You've forgotten half of the stuff you've already said. Um, but welcome, hello, uh, and welcome back to the TGT uh, as we look towards on a day in which. I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning with just a great sense of euphoria this morning, a real kind of happiness. Not that I haven't felt that same happiness in a while being an Arsenal fan, but it's been difficult. These times have been tough. I think it's fed on all of us, whether you're Arteta in or Arteta out, whatever. Ultimately, I hope that we all want to see the Arsenal succeed. And that's something that has not really been able to happen too often for us. And it's been great to just have a comfortable match a game in which we took the objective completely by storm and it was a real kind of, what's the word to describe it really? It was just relaxing in a way. It wasn't stressful. I was so chill about the whole thing. And to wake up this morning knowing that you were in a, a semi-final off a really good performance after we obviously blitzed Sheffield United too. That's seven goals in two games, two clean sheets. And suddenly... The mood in the camp is very, very... And I like it. It's, I like this mood. It is great to be in this mood once again. So I hope you're well. I hope you're doing good. Before we just jump into the chat, and I will get into some of your comments in a second, as always with our Let's Talk Arsenal shows, they are sponsored by Football Prizes. Uh, and this week's prize, uh, and there's only... Uh, how long's left? Have we got, we've got two hours and 20 minutes and we've still got 21 tickets remaining of the signed Robert Perez shirt. So you've got a great chance of winning right now. A much lower ticket count than usual. So if you get a ticket, you've got at the moment, you've got a 1 in 79 chance should you buy another ticket. Um, so you've got a real good opportunity. You can buy more than one ticket, but make sure uh, you get them in. And then halfway through the show, we're going to, of course, reveal which one of our expert members in the Discord server has won that free entry into this week's 
competition. So let's jump into the chat today. Matt Thornton says, hello, chaps. Hope all is well. Arsenal granny, everyone feeling good. Zemir says, good evening. Battle of the hair gel managers loading. <laughs> it does feel that way. Uh, Matt G feeling good. Zemir, Tom is still celebrating. Hashtag Fergie Sorry, I was trying to sort out the, the green screen and the lighting. I, I look a little bit more healthy with this lighting rather than yesterday's where I just looked grey. <laughs> Did not look healthy at all. Uh, Machine, good result yesterday. Good to have someone in the chat. I know, Machine, you've not particularly been positive. I hope that result was giving you a little bit more encouragement. Uh, Alex George, we've got some good squad selection headaches for the back line. Never thought I'd say that about Arsenal. Pedro, oi, oi, in the chat today. MIL reaction, good day, TGT. I'm really glad that all of you guys are in here. Hey, first time in years, Arsenal could make me feel like a Man City supporter. What a relaxing game. It is that. It's that same kind of confidence, that same feeling, that just that sense of it's fine. You get to half time, there's confidence, there's no nerves. It's nice. Don't get me wrong. I love a last-minute winner. It's great. I love it as much as the next person. But at the end of the day, I'll take a comfortable win, an encouraging performance all day long. All day long. It wasn't. I didn't even think it was like an amazing game in terms for the neutral, but from an Arsenal perspective, we just got the job done. And, and that's all you want from an Arsenal supporting perspective is just get the job done. So there's a few things that I want to talk about today, as you've seen from the, uh, the headline of the thumbnail and the video. But what I also obviously want to do is open up the floor to you guys to throw in some questions, throw in some topics. But we're going to start by talking about the one, the only Unai Emery. Now, this <laughs> Unai Emery is obviously a coach that we guys know very much about. We know a lot about Unai Emery because guess what? He used to be our coach and we've had some good times under him in the Europa League specifically, some bad times under him also in the Europa League, specifically the final. So there's lots to discuss regarding Unai Emery and I think it's one that we can talk about kind of I want to have an open discussion about it, but I don't want to get into just slacking off this guy, basically, just turning around and going, like, he's a rubbish coach and all this and all that. Because he did do some good things for Arsenal. I have a lot of criticisms of the guy. I think he, I think the guy that we've got now and Arteta is doing a much better job. But I just think that what we have had under Unai Emery was a guy that was completely different to, to Arsene Wenger. And that in itself was probably an issue in itself is that because it was so different to what had gone before that left us open to a situation where it was a complete culture change and not in a positive sense. And Arteta has had to obviously deal with that situation that was left by Unai and people go, oh, but you look at the league positions in this. And I understand that sort of things, but you have to understand also the context of the situation is, is that we were on a decline. We continue to decline under Emery and he put us in a really poor position. And then we've had to arrest that slides and we're gradually doing that it's not been quick it's not been easy and the start of the season this year definitely saw that problem still lingering with the squad but we just need to hopefully now as we can see the potential is there for this club to really turn around the potential for the squad to bang as Arteta's described it is there as well let's see what some of you guys are saying in the chat box in regards to Unai Emery uh, which I know is a lot of you are going to be feeling rather amused by the fact we're playing him. Neptune, Unai the fraud, says Neptune M. Uh, Michelle says, not worried about Emery and Villarreal, but then again, 
We are managed by Arteta. It's always the little edge with Machine. You can't, you can't fault him. Always the little edge. You're consistent, if anything. Matt Thornton, he's a good coach, just didn't work out with us. Arsenal Granny agrees, just was not a good fit with Emery. And 14 says, I don't fear Emery. His record in the Europa League is impressive, but he gets knocked out of the Champions League group stages each year also when he's actually involved with it, which is why he dropped into the uh, Europa League quite often with Sevilla, of course. MIL says, Arteta released the Kraken yesterday. <laughs> that is certainly, certainly a way of describing how yesterday's performance was. But what, talk to me about your thoughts around Villarreal, but tomorrow, not tomorrow, but in a couple of weeks' time. We've got games against Fulham and Everton prior to the game against Villarreal. And I think they're good opportunities to kind of see where we are. Sheffield United, Slavia Prague, and then Fulham, the three games that are winnable. And we've obviously won two at Akanta. And now we need to be looking at winning this one against Fulham on Sunday, also quite comfortably. The Everton game's a good test before the Villarreal match, but rotation is also going to be needed. But Villarreal in themselves, I'd love to get your kind of thoughts around them as a team. Have you seen much of Villarreal this season? Are there any players specifically that you're fearing? And of course, on the channel, we will be doing some previews and some tactical looks at Villarreal with some Spanish football experts coming onto the channel and giving their thoughts around Unai Emery and Villarreal. For sure. Uh, Gary Hardy says, decent coach, but struggles with big players. Matt Thornton saying, you could be waiting a fair while regardless of who's in charge about us getting into the Champions League. But you never know. We're only three games away from being in the Champions League. That is the case that we're in right now. Uh, Michelle says, Vera, not that good. Europa League level squad. Uh, let's go up a little bit more. Alex George says, not worried about Emery and Villarreal. But then again, we are Arsenal. Pedro says, simply out of his depth at our club with too many powerful personalities. Ed says, no, a will to, no ill will towards Emery. The first guy after a legend never really works out, which is also fair. Ansgar says, Unai is a great coach, and we might lose, to be fair. If we do, it's not great, but I feel like it would not be a disaster. Zamir says, anyone replacing Wenger was screwed. Didn't help that the board didn't back him. Solid coach. I personally feel he was shortchanged, but I don't care. Arteta is our manager now. Come on, you goodness. Uh, Pedro says, I think we need to continue in the vein of last two games, not change everything because we play the B team. Now, obviously, with these games coming up to Villarreal, we've got the Fulham, we've got Everton. I'm not one that's inclined to say that the Premier League is done and dusted. I think there's games to be, I think there's points to be won. I think there's points that's going to be dropped by our other kind of competitors. And our real two problem games left of the season, you would say, is Everton and Chelsea. And if you can get three of six points from those and get really good results and all of our other fixtures, which are all winnable, we could be in a very, very different position. And should things not go well in the Europa League, there still could be scope to move into a European qualification spot through the league, which I know sounds unrealistic, but with the way the season's gone, anything is possible for, especially for a team that can put a run in, uh, a winning run together. That is what ultimately you can get to. Uh, the Brotherhoods uh, says, I'm worried about Gerard Moreno. Seems a dangerous striker. Also, we need to win that midfield battle against Capoue and Parejo or big Francis Coquelin going back. Rolling back the years for Francis Coquelin, of course. Zamir says, solid side VRL. Tactically, they're doing exactly what Emery tried to do with us. We should beat them. Our front four is more devastating. 
Uh, Matt Thorne says, release the handbrake, Mikel, for the rest of the season. I just want to see Arsenal fly off the handle, to be honest, and just start banging in goals left, right, and centre. Did you actually notice in yesterday's game at half-time, even though we dominated the, like, in terms of the, the chances creating the goals, we only had 35% possession, and Slavia Braga had 35% uh, possession, and we just were clinical in those moments. And I think that's been the issue with Arsenal this season, is that our potential is there, when we're on the ball, you can see what we're trying to do. But clinically, we just haven't been on it. And we need to be taking our chances this season. That is what is ultimately really key. Uh, Omar, sorry for my lateness, Tom. I was breaking my <laughs> What? Uh, oh, of course. Yes, Ramadan, of course. And uh, and fair play for everyone that's that's keeping with it. It's incredible. I, can't, I honestly do. Massive respect uh, for people who can fast because I can't. <laughs> Absolutely no chance uh at all but it was nice today to give you a, a brief glimpse behind the tgt curtain to go out in the uk anyway and and go to the pub for the first time during the day and have a meal outside and a drink it was refreshing it was nice it made me feel so much better and like the world might actually be getting a little bit back to normality so that was really good uh ak says first leg is away emery is going to play a low block counter-attack and he'll be happy with a nil-nil arteta needs to play counter-attack uh, needs to play attacking sorry uh, and always try and score those two away goals at a minimum. Evening, Peter Renner. Good to have you in the chat, mate. Zemir says Emil Smith Rowe was amazing, still gushing. He was absolutely fantastic. Corey says, I think we need to stick to Lacazette up top for the rest of the season. He's having his best season for us yet, and it is the false nine that Arteta needs. And that's quite actually, that's really good segue into our next topic, which is Lacazette, because Lacazette's contract has suddenly become quite a big focus. And Lacazette's form, I think he's something like one or two goals away now from equaling his, his best tally in an Arsenal shirt. He has one year left on his deal after this season. What do you do? What do you do with Lacazette? Because it's a problem. It is a good problem. We like these types of problems, but it's a problem. Do you sell him with one year left? And I mean, if you're thinking about what you can get for him, yeah, you might be able to say that his price is going up a bit if we are going to sell him. 20 million around that figure. Do you keep him? And then if you keep him, you extend him by one or two years and then that allows the likes of Balogun and that to come through by not replacing and bringing, say, if you were to bring in like an Eduard or a 23 to 25-year-old striker, that's probably going to block the path of someone like Balogun and someone like Martinelli maybe in the future. So is it worth then extending Lacazette just for a year and then continuing on with that? I think we need to be ruthless in how we deal with, obviously, these guys that are reaching the age of 30. He turns 30 in May. So at the end of the season, he will be of the age of 30, where I, for one, feel that Arsenal should only be offering one-year extensions to their players that reach the age of 30 to protect value and to protect the interests of the club to not keep these guys on long contracts beyond the point where they become useful. Willian, mistake. Abamyang juries out whether his contract was a mistake. So we need to consider that. But I'd love to get your thoughts in the chat. Tom says, if we give him a, two, a year or two-year extension for a minimal wage increase and he somehow accepts, then yes. If not, we unfortunately need to be ruthless and reinvest. Neptune says, we have to, be we have to become ruthless. Sell him while his market value is high. Omar says, Tom, don't you think Laka might do an Alba if he is given a new deal? You could say that about any player, Omar, at the end of the day. I, I don't really want to get into kind of the idea about this being a thing where Urza was offered a new deal, his form drops off a cliff, 
Lacazette gets offered a new deal. His form drops, drops off a cliff. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Lacazette's been fairly kind of consistent during his time at Arsenal. He's, and by consistent, I don't mean amazing. I just mean he scored an average amount of goals. And that's put us in a position whereby we don't... We haven't really progressed beyond, say, Olivier Giroud. And that's why we went and brought Aubameyang in. That's that's why we did those things. AK Gunner says, one-year contract extension or sell him. Abe says, sell Lacazette and get a young striker like Eduard. But Abe, do you not think that getting in a young striker like Eduard blocks the path of a Balogun or a Martinelli from playing in those central areas? How do you manage that situation. I think it's a really, really tricky one. Machine says, agreed, Tom, regarding contract extensions like Chelsea. Ed says, I'd be fine with a year added on, but from his perspective, he's at an age where he may want a full deal elsewhere. He won't sign cheaply, which I also think is a completely fair assumption. Pedro says, I think we should extend him by 12 months at least. I don't think we can replace him short term. I'd sell Abamyang, to be honest, worth more and He's expensive. I think that you'd struggle. I don't know what club out there would look at Aubameyang and think, yeah, it's worth spending 30-plus mil on a guy that's turning 32, that's had a poor season, that's had issues this season, attitude-wise, disciplinary problems. I don't know who would buy him. I don't know why you would buy him unless it's a situation in Saudi Arabia or China or the MLS, places like this, that are willing to offer big contracts to players of the stature for the commercial side of things. But I, yeah, I'm not sure that that's a, a thing that we should, that we would be able to do with the Bamiyang. So what I'm saying is, is that whilst we've got him at the club, Lacazette for another year, I, that might be worth doing in my view. Uh, Alan says, uh, I think what Lacazette offers is great, but if we fix the midfield, then losing him won't be a big issue. We need a complete forward and not a number nine. Cash in and move forwards. YY says, keep Lacazette. Don't have to risk replacing him with someone who might not work. And we have younger players coming through. Reginald Perry says, extend Lacazette so that we have two years plus an option for a year so that we can build up the midfield and fullbacks and train up our strikers. I like the option. And I actually haven't considered this, Reginald. So it's a good shout about including an option in his contract. Manchester United do this quite a lot. They did it with Paul Pogba and they've done it with Jesse Lingard as well. That's why he's protected his value despite leaving on loan and his value then shooting up whilst with the Hammers. Taz says, I say sell. If he signs, he'll probably drop off in form. See, I don't agree with this. Of course, it's a possibility, but we can't let this kind of dictate and dominate transfer negotiations and we can't just assume that this is going to happen for everyone because it's not going to happen for everyone so we can't always think about it in the happening we can't have like the ptsd of that happening the same way that we always worry about letting youngsters go because of ganabrian and rain adelaide and marlon and Banassa and these guys you can't just always look at the past because if that was the case then you'd look at other things and think, oh, yeah, we should just, you know, that worked. We should just go and do that. I mean, we went and got a nobody manager in Arsene Wenger. We got a very inexperienced coach in Arteta. And for some people, that was the wrong reason, the wrong thing. So you can't always just judge it by the history, if that makes, if that analogy works. You can't always judge it. Just because it happened with one doesn't mean it is going to happen with another. Ansgar says, keep him 100%. There is no player we could get that is proven to be better in the Premier League and in terms of talent. 
Let's bet on Balogun. Uh, Alan says, I would sell Lacquer and go for Marlon or Depay. Players that can play left wing as well as striker, then we have the cover up top if we need it, but give the chance to Gabby or Balogun. Marlon would be a homegrown talent as well. I, I don't know if he counts or not having left and then come back. I'm not sure. I have to have a look into that one. I'm not sure why he would want to return with no guarantees of starting even. That would be a problem. But I get your idea around signing someone that's versatile, someone that can play in wide areas and not just play as a central striker. Brotherhood says the Abamian contract seems the issue. Lacazette has a clear role in this team as the link man, whereas I feel Martinelli and Balogun are similar in style to Abamian, being more dynamic. Balogun is is different to Abamian. Uh, Balogun's a lot better in his hold-up play than what Abamyang is. He's got that style to his game. He's better in his link-up play in comparison to Abamyang. In fact, on 101, I wrote a profile of Balogun with the help of Next Generation Arsenal at Scouting Indoors on Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of you will follow. So give that a read. It gives you a lot of insight into Balogun. We're also planning on doing a tactical breakdown on Balogun as well. So make sure you subscribe to get that content when it comes out. Sahil says, Tom, we should keep Laka and sign Daka. Then we'd have Laka, Shaka, Saka and Daka. It's the way to go. It's going to get tough to start saying those over and over again. Um, there must be some more <laughs> that end in AKA, definitely. <laughs> Aaron Wambasaka, should we go inside him as well? Uh, Daniel Roberts says, AD Boothroyd is leaving the under-21s 20, uh, from the England national side. It will be so good for players like Balogun and Azizi. I think that's a really good move. Is it's, it's, The football's moved past AD Boothroyd at this time. We need to go and get a different coach in for the England youth setup, and it needs to be someone with kind of the history of, of doing well with youth football. It doesn't necessarily have to be like established coach. I think that when you look at youth football, it's a good idea to go and get other coaches that have worked at youth level and go and get those guys. I think that's, and it builds them up. I think you've seen success. I mean, people moan about Gareth Southgate as a coach, but let's be honest, he's done better than a lot of England managers have with players that you would look back and say, look at the whole, like the Lampards, the Gerrards, the Rooney era, the Ferdinand, Sol Campbells, the Ashley Coles, and Southgate's got us to a World Cup semi-final. So I think that actually working in the unders in the youth, you should have another youth coach that goes into that youth team. We've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Tom says, Depay would definitely want Champions League football, though. If Kerman stays another season at Barcelona, he still might move there on a free. Uh, Matt Denny says, what's happened with that Benfica kid we was linked with? Wouldn't that decide the future of Lacazette? Um, what Benfica kid was this? Is, are you talking about Goncalo Ramos? Is that the kid you're talking about? Because if so, I, I haven't really seen any at all. You know, do you know what's really funny? I'm going to be rude here. Um, <laughs> the other half knows that I do this pod at <laughs> five o'clock every Tuesday and Friday, and yet still she rings me, and I'm like, I'm podding. But no, she didn't. <laughs> Just doesn't just doesn't remember at all. Um, <laughs> dearie me. Uh, thanks, John. Much love, mate. Uh, I just saw a question about how Villarreal play HP. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, mate, because we're going to be doing a few videos and talking about Villarreal with some Spanish football experts. So that content is coming. Don't you worry. Uh, Tell me, says, please, Tom, who will buy Willian in the summer? <laughs> dearie me. I, mean, I don't think anyone. Ah, yes, the sporting striker, I think, was what we were talking about. Thiago Tomas, uh, young, tall, well-built, good physicality, good in the air, good finisher. He's got pace as well. We can play in a wide area. We did a tactical breakdown in with help um, uh, on, on the show, and it was really, really good. And I think that what you 
Jose Miguel was uh, was our guy giving us the insight, and and Jose was he was fantastic in his in his insight. So if you haven't checked out the tactical breakdown on Tiago Tomas, make sure you tune in uh, and you search it up on YouTube. The Guna Talk, Tiago Tomas, it'll come up and you'll find it and you'll learn all about him. Um, there you go. So I think maybe, but I haven't heard anything more about that. This one kind of it's one of those where you see where you see Arsenal linked to kind of these kids at this point during the year, and then it goes very quiet. And then all of a sudden it just pops up a little bit later on in the window and it happens. But some of these links are very light. They make sense. They're easy to kind of report on. So sometimes you have to take them with a, bit, a little bit of a grain of salt. But it doesn't mean that we won't stop talking about it. And throughout the whole of this summer, as soon as Arsenal are linked to a player, we're going to cover them on a tactical breakdown. So if you see Arsenal linked to anyone, make sure you send us a DM at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter or on Instagram. You can find us the Guna Talk on there or leave a comment on one of our videos and we will be covering them. Do not worry. Just send them through. You are... You are the TGT gang. You need to be helping me out as much as possible because I can't keep on top of it all. So you need to be my little scouts out there, finding them, Nic Nicholas Pepe style, finding those players and letting me know who they are. Um, New Tide says, is YouTube's compilation enough to scout these players? Honestly, New Tide, no, it's not enough. YouTube compilations show you the best of the players. They show you the skills, the flicks, the passes, the runs, the dribbles that have gone well. They don't give you statistical backgrounds an analytical insight, and they don't give you, like we do, a journalist, an expert in that field, talking for a good three to five minutes on that player. I just received Jeremy Smith's video today because next week we're going to be uploading a tactical breakdown on William Saliba on how he's getting on at Nice towards the end of the season. And in those tactical breakdowns, that's what you get with those shows is you get insight from experts talking about those players. So that's why... It's just I just find it as a much, much better tool. Yes, I think that YouTube compilations give you a kind of rough idea about a player. But if you want the inside knowledge, then you know where to go. Mr. Joe Kurt says, uh, Lacquer has been very good in the last few weeks, a purple patch in his time with us, and this will strengthen his potential fee. We shouldn't extend him, though, as he isn't a long-term component. I think that when you're looking at long-term analogy in this Arsenal team, you need to look at them in stages. Lacazette is one of those players having reached 30 in, well, he will be reaching 30 in May, that we look at a year extension as a, as a maximum. That's all what I'm in favour of is seeing these one-year extensions given to these players because ultimately that that's what's going to work for us. That's what's going to do the business for us because we can't extend these players for a X amount of years because it's a waste of money. There's no guarantees around it. It's not good for the club. It's only good for the player. Uh, Peter Renner says, looks like we are being linked uh, with Genk's Roman Uremch. Are we actually being linked with him? If we are being linked with him, then I'm claiming that that's foresight from myself because I literally did a video, I did an article on this months ago about five strikers that Arsenal could go for. Let me just check if this is true because if it is, if it is, I'm going to be buzzing. <laughs> that, they are. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> To be fair, it's a very loose link. Uh, I mean, if you type in, this is quite funny. I don't know if it'll work on your Google, but if you type in Yeremchuk and Arsenal into Google and then you go on the news tab, 
my article comes up as the second thing. <laughs> it's the five strikers which Arsenal could look at. That's so funny. <laughs> it's actually he's actually the picture, the headline picture for the piece is him. Let me show you for a second. Stopping the screen. Yuremchuk is a Ukrainian striker that plays for Genk. He's like he's taller. He gives you that presence. He's a bit of a more of a target man than necessarily we've seen with some of the other guys linked with us. There you go. There he is. There's my article. And if we go down to Yuremchuk. Again, 25 years of age, playing for Ghent uh, right now. Uh, six foot three in height. He's got a fair few goals in the Belgian league this season. His market value is around 10 million on transfer marks. So you imagine it'd be quite a bit higher than that. You're probably paying around 20 million for him. He's quite good as a striker, and I think he would offer you a lot of what we need. So there you go. Go check it out. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. Give it uh, give it some love. And uh, there you go. You can find out a little bit more about your M truck with that article. Um, <laughs> come on. See, I don't know what this is about. This whole lipstick thing. I was trying to, basically, with the new camera and the green screen, I mess about with the camera settings and you can change like the contrast and the brightness and the saturation. And apparently, it makes my lips look luscious, as was what was described during the watch along yesterday, which, you know, I'll take it. It's fair. Someone compared me to Aaron Ramsey yesterday or earlier today, which I was like, you know what, if you're going to compare me to anyone, I'll probably take that. I mean, I'm, it's, it's obviously not true. Look at me, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> Deary me. Uh, so Hill says, Tom, even Veghorst is a good option. He's having a great season. Veghorst, I'm not as keen on. Um, his age and... His age is not necessarily an issue in terms of, I don't mind assigning a player around 28, 29, but the issue is with Veghorst is that he would cost a significant amount of money. He's under a decent contract, a club that are pushing for Champions League places in the Bundesliga. They would want a mega fee. I just don't think it's worth the money that we would outlay on him when you can extend Lacazette for a year. There's no point spending 30 plus mil on Veghorst when you can just extend Lacazette for a year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yuremchuk's similar. I like him, but I, I don't think that he's the right guy still. Um, no Sleep says, the amount of times I've seen players linked after Tom's discussed them. Anyone in here working for Football London? <laughs> you never know, one day. Uh, Corey Burnside says, I think we need to concentrate on signing a new first team centre-back, right-back and central midfielder. Our first line has enough potential to get better with time. New Tide says, there is there any Premier League teams going to sign Sangara? They talk about him a lot. He's very underrated. Sangara, of course, left. Um, who was he at in France? He was at someone in France, and then he went to PSV uh, and has also just basically carried on doing what he's always done when he was in France. Uh, where was he at? Was it Toulouse? Uh, it was Toulouse. There you go. So he and Samara at Lille are two players that you would think that could be really good mobile partners for Thomas Partey and another good midfield option for us. So, yeah. Definitely we go for one of those. Uh, Ansgar says, Lacquer is 10 times the player. Veghorst isn't even close to him. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, a fully firing Abamyang is better than Lacquer. As for keeping him, we aren't going to be able to sell him for anything plausible. We're not keeping him. We're stuck with him, I fear. Uh, MIL reaction says, scout report here. Uh, KT backup Rico uh, Henry from the championship. Homegrown, good at both attacking and defending. He's a young and hungry talent, plus very affordable as well. But the question is, ML reaction. This is what I ask us when we go for these players. It's a bit of a savvy signing. I know that you need to be a little bit savvy these days. 
but does he improve Arsenal's midfield and does he get into other top six sides? Because if the answer is no to either of those two, for me, I don't think it's the right move for a position that's so important for us going forward. It's the way that we need to target. We need to be looking at positions where we can upgrade upon and move forward with them. Now, we have reached the halfway point of our show. So that does mean that we are going to give... Uh, we are going to find out which one of our members in the Discord server has, of course, won our free entry into this tonight's uh, prize draw. Let me just go on to find out how many people have entered. We've got 26 entries today. So let me just throw up the random number generator on the screen and we can find out who has won. 26. I'm going to click this five times and then the person with the fifth number, of course, will win the ticket. One, two, three, four. Four and five. Number 20 is the winner, and that is Gary Hardy. Is that second week in a row? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> That's twice now. Gary Hardy, I saw you in the chat box earlier on, mate. Congratulations once again, Gary, on winning. Uh... <laughs> Deary me. Oh. Sam, you said you delete the Discord. You can definitely get it back again. I'll put a new link into the community tab a little bit. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Hardy, two in a row. Congratulations, mate. There you go. Uh, well done. I'll be sending you uh, a, a, a private message on the Discord, letting you know which number you are in tonight's draw on football prizes. But you could be in with a chance of winning a signed Robert Perez shirt. If you would like the opportunity to win a signed Robert Perez shirt, then make sure you go onto the football prizes website where on there you can find plenty of prizes. But the main one that you should be looking for, when my internet decides to speed up a little bit, there we go, is a signed Robert Perez and framed shirt. It comes with the certificate of authentication courtesy of our sponsors, Football Prizes. So a massive thank you to them. Uh, 81 tickets have been sold now. So a few of you have picked up tickets during the show, which is great. There's only 18 left before tonight's 7.30 deadline. You've just got two hours to pick up a ticket. Not many left uh, for the draw. You can buy as many as you like to increase your odds of winning. And there's only 99 that are sold, so you've got a really good chance uh, of winning these. And Gary Hardy has earned himself a free entry into the competition. So there you go. I've just seen Christopher Fung pop up in the chat. Is he moaning again? He usually is. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's scroll up. Where is he? Where is good old Fung? There we go. Tom looks like an EA Sports advert. Well, I would. the last thing that I'd want to do is advertise EA Sports because I'm so done with FIFA. I'm done with their servers. I'm done with the game being just awful. <laughs> I'm done with there being no end goal, no really kind of balanced gameplay, and it's a pay-to-win game, and I think it's a waste of money. So, yeah, deary, deary me. <laughs> But thanks, Chris, for popping up into the chat once again with a negative personal comment. Thanks. Appreciate that, mate. Appreciate it. Common Moan, he's upgraded his membership. You're absolute legend. Really appreciate that. I'm putting a new link to our Discord server in the community tab straight after today's show. Uh, Zamir says, any thoughts on Mateta? Good raw prospect as a target man, isn't he? Is Mateta, I mean, he's gone to Crystal Palace and doesn't really done anything um so i'm not sure he's someone that i think arsenal should go for zamir personally unless you're thinking about someone else um moving on to our third topic uh is pablo marie now pablo marie 
came in for <laughs> Arsenal in the January window of 2020 on loan until the summer in which we signed him on a permanent deal and we've spent between six and eight million. It will cost us about that amount but during the time that he's at the club over the current contract. It looks to be one of the most astute signings that we've made over the last decade. Is a centre-back that comes in, has looked solid, has not really had a bad game. He's had a couple of wobbly moments, like the Leicester match, where he basically allowed Tillemans to score. But we came back in that game, and he did really well to recover and beat, obviously, Jamie Vardy, a very quick player, and out-muscled him and won the ball back in that game and did really well. But Pablo Marie has been brilliant for us. And there's now a growing question as to whether or not he could be a guy that competes with and maybe even gets in ahead of Gabriel Magalhaes, um, <laughs> which I, I really didn't believe I would be kind of thinking of that as a possibility. So I'd love to know your thoughts. Let me know what you think about Pablo in the chat, and we're going to go through as many of them as feasibly possible. Mm -hmm. Ansgar says, on Marie and Gabby, Marie is better at this stage. Has been all season, if fit. This is fine, by the way. Gabby is young and has more potential. He needs decent players like Marie to push him. And I think it's a good point. Competition is key. You don't want Gabriel getting comfortable. You want someone that's going to back him and push him and compete with him to get where he needs it. Um, <laughs> Chris, dearie, dearie, raise up. <laughs> Chris says that only if Tom acknowledges that we that was the reason that we won. What did Dan say? I need to scroll up now. Here we go. You better be wearing your hoodie on Sunday. Well, there you go. So it's the hoodies that we're going for. People, well, I don't know what hoodie this is. Has Chris got a special hoodie? I need to know. I need to understand. Let me know what's going on. Matt Williams says, bargain, one of the best deals that we've ever done. Quality from Edu. Um, Michelle says, Arsenal fans call him Marie great. He is okay. Michelle, your standards are just unrealistic, I'm afraid. You're living 20 years ago in an Arsenal fan's shoes. New Tide says, Marie should play together with Gabriel. Daniel Robert. Uh, where's Daniel Robert? Let me find this comment again because it might be explaining this hoodie situation. <laughs> Where is it? Well, while I find it, Reginald says, I wish we would play a couple of games with Gabrielle and Marie. I just tactically, I just don't think it works for us like a lot of people want us to. Um, I can't find Dan's comment. I need to understand what this hoodie situation is. Someone find out. Chris says, Tom, the hoodie I bought was the only reason we won the last two matches. Okay. I mean, Chris, if you want to take full credit for Arsenal winning their last two games, that's fine. I personally put on the Spread Love t-shirt for yesterday's watch-along with you, Izzy, and it worked a charm. So we'll have to be wearing that. Pretty much every single Europa League game, we'll be wearing that shirt, without a doubt. Uh, Kenne says, Tom, it is about pairing. Marie doesn't play well with Louise, just like Gabriel doesn't play well with holding. More so, Gabriel is still just 22. Ed says, Marie and Gabriel both deserve playing time. Different styles somewhat, so it's great to have options. So unlike us. Omar says this, uh, his excellent game reading skills bring calm to the defence. New Tide says, oh yes, the league is meaningless now, so we can experiment with Marie and Gabriel. The league is not, it is not done. It is not meaningless. It is, I don't agree with this point of view. The league is still something that we need to be concerned about and still pushing for. Momentum is important. Working out the right balance of your teams and gaining that strength game upon game is key. If we want to win this Europa League, we can't throw the league away because you'll be stuttering, you'll be stalling, and you'll be finding inconsistencies so that when you go into the Europa League game, it just this isn't FIFA. 
This isn't, oh, we'll swap out all your players to get the stamina bar up. It doesn't work like that in real life. You need to move up with momentum and you need to get that mentality in the marrow of the team higher and keeping our good performances going forwards. Pedro says, great shot of Marie standing in front of the ref, calming him down and asking questions. Top quality. He's a future leader. Coleman says, Marie and Gabby play the same position so they don't work in the same team. Chris P says, rubbish. Holding and Gabrielle did well together before our poor form. It's just he works better with Gabrielle and Louise works better with Gabrielle too. Matt Williams says, Saliba and Marie would be good, I think, next season. Gabrielle and Saliba may be a bit too raw straight away. Where Saliba comes into our game plan next season is going to be a very kind of interesting situation to be concerned with and how we deal with that is going to be something we need to worry massively about is how we fit Saliba in, who he partners with. Do you ease him in or do you give him more opportunities and you start him from the off as many games as feasibly possible? Pre-season is going to be massive for William Saliba, that is for sure. New Tide says, now that I think about it, you're right. We experimented under Emery and then carried that form into the Europa League final. You're spot on, mate. And fair play for opening it, holding your hands up. MIL says, I think there's a language barrier between Gabriel and Holdy. This is why they don't work so well together. Communication is important, but footballers do have that understanding still on the pitch. And there are plenty of footballers that play well together that don't even necessarily speak the same language. It's about the mentality. It's about the synergy between those players and how they work together synergetically. Uh, Omar says, Marie and Holding, Gabrielle and Louise are two best centre-back partnerships. Until Louise is back... Maybe Louise, uh, maybe Gabrielle won't be starting. Maybe the fact that Louise has been injured is why Gabrielle has been left out of the side a little bit recently. Uh, Coleman says, rumour is Louise isn't getting extended, so Gabrielle will need a new partner. Pedro says, Saliba could be surplus and would get a huge price. I don't think I'd be looking to sell Saliba personally. I know there's a couple of people out there that would. Getting while his stock's high, it's not worked. Attitude problems, all that. But no, I think this is going to be a quality defender, someone that's really going to come into the team and develop into a top, top class player. So we should be doing everything we can to make sure we give him the opportunities that he needs so that he can flourish at the Gunners next season. Ajit says, unpopular opinion, Emery's first season was better than Wenger's last. We looked like we had something until it all went to crap in Baku. Uh, too early to judge with Arteta so far. I mean, if Arteta manages to win the Europa League and get us back into the Champions League this season, that that's just unbelievable, really. It's taken a year, and a year and a half, and one summer transfer window to win an FA Cup and then get us back into the Champions League is just unbelievable, really. So if it, if it happens, it's going to be huge. And it's going to be a lot of people in the mud. It's, uh, that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be enjoyable. And if we don't get it, then we move on. And as I said, I'll give them a year. We'll see what the summer does. We'll see what happens in it. And from the day one, from the day one of the next season, with the new squad, the new comings together with the transfer market, he is under pressure to perform. And if he's not progressing us, then we need to have some serious, serious chats. Peter Renner says, question, Tom, with us needing funds for new players and Dino doing really well on loan, would you sell and how much for? This is a good question, Pete. My answer would be, yes, I would sell, depending on the fee. And it would have to be upwards of £20 million at this point for a young defender that's shown to be really good in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I would sell. And it would be for that figure, £20 million upwards, minimum. I think that when you've got Holding here, when you've got Saliba here, 
there's a lot of options. When you've got Chambers as well, we've got a lot of options at that right centre-back spot. We can afford to let one go and bring him some money so we can reinvest that on a right-back, on a centre-mid, on a cam, uh, all of these different positions. Uh, Freddie McNair, uh, McNair sorry, says, Tom, if Arteta wins Europa, do you give him a new contract? No, I don't um, because I still feel like he needs to earn it in the league. I think they still need to show the progression in the league before we give that new contract. Yeah, Europa League, amazing. Champions League, unreal. But we still need to show across a league season that we're progressing. If somehow to this season, and there's still points to be won, we end up in a higher position and we win the Europa League, then there may be more scope. There's more opportunity to talk about it. But for me, it's it's another season at least. It's minimum another season. Uh, Sahil says, Marie is good, not just on the field, but off field too. Even Gabby spoke about his influence and it's good to have two good left-footed centre-backs. Freddie says, fair enough. Personally, I would. And that's completely fair enough, Freddie. Like, I, I can understand the thinking behind giving him a new deal because if he wins the Europa League after winning an FA Cup and he's a young manager in his first job, his stock is suddenly becoming exceptionally high and there are going to be other clubs out there like Barcelona that will want him, that will want to take him. And we have to think about that. So it's, yeah, it's it's going to be really tough to keep him if he keeps us winning. And that's a really big problem. Michelle says, I agree. For me, he needs uh, to win the league. Wow, win the league? Wow. <laughs> and the Champions League. Michelle, I'm sorry, but you're living in a fantasy land. I don't know where you're from. You're from another planet. It's just unbelievable what your expectations are. Isaac Brooks says, how many years did Arteta sign for? I believe it was a three-year deal. So I believe it was a three-year deal. So this will be his final season after this one. And that's when we need to think about uh, a new contract or not. And for managers, that's absolutely fine. It's, it's, it's normal to see managers go into their final year before they sign. So don't you worry about it. Chris says, is the league harder to win the Champions League? Yes, it is. 100%. You've got to do it across 80, 38 games across the whole season. The Champions League, you can afford to lose games in legs and still come out and progress through each round until the final. And you've got, you can mess up in the group stage and still go through. The league is a lot harder, a lot, lot harder to win than the Champions League. Absolutely no doubt. What If you ask me what would I rather win, I'd rather, as an Arsenal fan, I'd rather win the Champions League because it's we don't have it and we need it. And it's something that we need in our history. But the Premier League is still, it's a much more difficult achievement to, to do across a whole season, 38 games, with how hard the competition for it is, especially from an Arsenal perspective. And you come up against teams like Man City and Liverpool of last season and the other teams that are in there this year with Leicester coming up, West Ham doing well, Man United, Chelsea, Spurs, all of these teams that are pushing forwards, Everton are getting better. Like It's so tricky. It's so difficult. Unless you've got the, the financial power of Manchester City, I just can't see a team really competing unless they're exceptionally well run and have sold well and bought well, like we saw with Liverpool. Or if there's a freak season like we had with Leicester City in 2016, there's it's very few opportunities to teams that don't spend big money and and invest big money into those teams. Really, really tricky. Uh, 
A says, agreed, Anthony Buendia over Odegaard for me. Uh, Machine says, Barcelona have no standards. They have Braithwaite as their backup striker. Machine needs to do a little bit of research on that because uh, the reason why they have Braithwaite is because of a situation whereby Luis Suarez, I believe it was, was injured. They had no available strikers. And so La Liga allow for an extension of the transfer window where you can sign a player outside of the normal transfer window. You saw it for Atletico Madrid, bringing in Jeffrey Condogbia from Valencia after we signed Partey from them on the last day. La Liga allow for these little loopholes for, I assume, all teams. And Leganes, where Braithwaite was doing really well at, he was an option that they could get. He had a release clause that was very low, and they went out and got him. So there you go. That's that's it's just it's an easy deal because he had a release clause of a really low amount, and he was scoring a lot of goals. So it made sense at the time to do that. Um, it's as simple as that. Daniel Roberts says, Tom, do you think true promoting is good? We had a debate on Discord. He can't be awful if he's scoring in European quarterfinals against PSG. No, of course. Do I think he's good? It depends on your context of good, doesn't it? I think he's an okay forward. He's an okay backup for Bayern Munich. It's funny, like we talk about Braithwaite at Barcelona, but Bayern Munich have got Trupo Moting as their backup striker. So, and you look where Bayern are. So, it's as simple as that, really. It's, uh, it's it just proves the other point wrong. Um, he's fine. He's a fine striker. He's he's okay. I wouldn't go as far as saying good. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those that pops up in those moments. Um, Dazza says, please remind me, TGT gang, should Arsenal win the Europa League? Does the Champions League qualification places reduce the top three? No, it would. You can, as far as I'm aware, have five teams in the Champions League because there was a year that Manchester United won the Europa League and they finished outside the top four and there was five teams in the Champions League. I don't know if that's changed since. So someone in the chat box might be able to help us out, but I'm pretty sure that you can have five teams from one country. So there you go. Uh, Dan has asked for an FPL update. The answer to that is no, because Dan's a traitorous fool who uses Spurs players in his team. So no, Dan, we're not having an FPL update. And this is completely nothing to do with the fact that I'm doing awful. There's nothing to do with that. No, absolutely nothing. We're just not having an update because you put Spurs players in your team. And I think you captain one as well one week. So I bet you got loads in for their double game week this week. I bet you got loads. Have I got any Spurs players in my team? No, because I'm a true Arsenal fan, Dan. And that's how it works. That's just how it works. ML Reaction says, Chupa is the luckiest player I've seen. He's won Liga and the German Cup, and he's going to win the Bundesliga this season as well. Oh, look at look at all these traitorous people. Oh, man, if you was here, the fraudulence from you guys. Danny's a Closet Spurs fan, says Chris. Uh, I have Kane, Son, and Regulon. I mean, there you go. It's just... Absolutely ridiculous. I just there's no respect really. Absolutely ridiculous. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Peter Renner says Tom only gets reduced if so reduced if someone wins Champions League. Oh, I see what you mean. So if we win the Champions League, if someone outside the top four wins the Champions League and we outside of the Europa League, outside of the top four spots win the Europa League, then it would get reduced to the top three. Yeah, that is that is how it works. So the top three sides that aren't in it. Isaac Brooks says, if two teams from England win the European competitions and finish outside the top four, then the fourth gets knocked out. The only chance of that happening so far is if Chelsea win the Champions League, which in itself is a horrible thought, and we win the Europa League, uh, then, then it would likely 
be happening that way. Chris P, thank you so much for the donation, mate. Hypothetical qualifier for the Champions League through Europa League. Arteta then guides us to the Champions League as stars align for the cup competition, but finishes mid-table. Would you stick? Would I say, of course. <laughs> you mad. We won the Champions League. That's incredible. Pedro says, Tom, are you going to do a pod looking at who we could sell and how much for? Pedro, There, if there's one thing that I hate, <laughs> it is when people put price tags next to our players and say, look, if we sell all of these guys, we get this much. If we buy all of these guys, we'll get this much and we'll have this much left over. And it's just so unrealistic. So what I will do, Pedro, is I will do a show on a tactical breakdown, maybe with a guest, maybe on a pod, discussing the players that we're going to let go this summer, discussing who we're going to bring in. And we'll talk about prices, but I'm reluctant to put specific figures next to the players because the context that surrounds them, who can buy them, the capacity of those teams to buy them, the effect of the pandemic, how much money we have, the desperation that we have to sell affecting players' fees, contract lengths, wages, all of these things affect the price of a player. And the problem is, is that you just can't put a price tag on a player. We can put ranges and we can talk about discussions a little bit, but I am reluctant to do the whole, if we sell all of these guys for this amount and we buy all of these guys for this amount, it just doesn't work that way. Um, but we will do a show talking about who we're going to let go and who we'll buy, who we could buy. But the whole price thing, I just can't get my head. <laughs> I just haven't got the patience and the time to do that because it would take so long per player. But we might split them up into maybe a, uh, a series, a tactical breakdown series at the start of the transfer window or during the Euros or just before the window opens, something like that. Uh, Zamir says, perfect scenario. Spuds lose the Carabao Cup. We win the Europa League and knock them into the UEFA Conference League or out of Europe. No, no, no. Zamir, I would much rather Spurs play in the Europa, UEFA Conference League than be out of Europe. That is so irritating. Like It's just an inconvenience, that competition. It's, it's, not, it's just not like, why would you want to be in that competition? You wouldn't. So don't knock them out of Europe. Put them in that third-tier competition, mate. That's where they need to be. That's where they belong. They belong nowhere, along with Dan and his triple captain, Kane, belong in the Europa Conference League. That's that's all that it is. That's all that it is. Stop it, Anthony. I see you. I see what you're doing. Don't do it. <laughs> Freddie McNay says, Tom, is there any plans to do stuff on the academy players? Maybe some expert insight on players like... Um, Taylor Hart, uh, I had to think for a second who that was, Aziz and Patina. Freddie, yes, there is. Uh, we're going to be looking at doing some videos on our lone players like Genduzi, uh, Saliba next week. We're doing one on him, uh, Mavropanos, uh, probably not Lucas Torreira because of the situation. And then we'll move into some of the young players. Balogun, we're going to cover. Aziz, we're definitely going to talk about. Um, Patino and Taylor Hart, a little bit too young. Right now, they're not really on the edge of the first team. So it's more the Aziz, the Balogans, the Cottrells, the Kurjans, these guys that I'd be looking at more so. Uh, Lopez maybe is another one too. Chris P says, thank you ever so much, by the way, as always, for your support, mate. I think uh, most would agree, mate. Therefore, this journey isn't over yet. Have more confidence in consistency in cup competitions 
So the Arteta routers can shush. Uh, New Tide says, speaking of Arteta routers, New Tide says, or maybe we can have our youngsters stat pad in Conference League and sell them for 40 million if it works out that way. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) A says, Omari Hutchinson is our best player in the youth setup right now. Um, <laughs> Dan, I'm not reading your comment out. Alan says, I was dying to see Aziz in the last two matches, but then Eddie came on. Strange that he's popping up now that Balogun signed a new deal. Yeah, really weird. I don't know why Aziz didn't get any time at all. I hope he gets some time against Fulham if we're kind of comfortable. I was really annoyed that Balogun didn't come on sooner. I think, if anything, that told you how nervous Arteta still was of anything going wrong in that game, that he was still waiting that long. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, really. Uh, yeah. It's just mad. It's like how you can wait until the 80... Was it like the 87th minute when Balogun came on? It's ridiculous. Like, bring him on in the 80th. Give him 10, 15 minutes to get some game time. Alan says, I was dying to see Aziz in the last two matches, but then Eddie came on... Oh, we just read that. <laughs> uh, Chris says, how much can we expect to get Eddie this summer? Uh, probably about this much. This, this much, Chris. About that. Maybe, if we're lucky, this much. There you go. Hope that answers your question. Marlon says, send them out on loan to gain experience. Love the progress from the club's youth uh, system so far. Matt Denny says, bring in Eddie on uh, to keep the value instead of keeping him in the locker room. Maybe that's a good point. Yeah, keeping the value high, put him in the shop market. Maybe that's why. Uh, Marlon says that I wanted to see Reese Nelson. Was he even on the bench yesterday? I didn't even know if he was on the bench. Um, <laughs> I've just I've completely forgotten about Reese Nelson at this stage. He's just a player that's in the back of my mind now. Anyway, let me give you an update as to what's going on on the channel in the next few days or so, uh, and what's going on in regards to the podcast and the preview shows and content over the next week. Uh, make sure you're liking the video and subscribing so you're getting all this content uh, on uh monday on the 19th we'll do a podcast talking about the europa league game and of course fulham which is on sunday we're joined by tom o and uh, and adam from the football terrace as well is going to be coming on then on tuesday i know i'm going way ahead i'm going to talk about on tuesday uh, we've got mike from the gooners pod me and him are going to have a chat but tomorrow of course is the day before our premier league game so we will be doing a preview show at 3 p.m for that i'm going to be joined by a few of the members so members in the discord server make sure you make yourselves available to come on the show uh, and we'll have a few of you guys on to talk about the game and then on sunday of course we play fulham so we're going to have the the raw reaction show straight after the game be joining Hugh as well for the uh, for the watch along if you didn't watch our watch along for the uh, Slavia Prague game, make sure you go on to Hugh's channel and, and, and watch it because it was a lot of fun. It was <laughs> We had a lot of weird discussions, a lot of weird chats, but I appreciated it. It was a lot of good fun and I appreciated everyone in the chat box who was giving support uh, all the time. Uh, and that's a good point to me to say to you guys once again, that all of this stuff that you can see the channel doing, the graphics, the thumbnails, the intros, the... Just everything really is all thanks to you guys that do this and tune in and watch the shows and donate or join up as a member and help support the channel, get the the, 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 the hardware is the word I was looking for, like microphones, cameras, stuff like that, green screens, all of that comes from you guys making this channel. Everything that we make goes into pumping in to make this channel as good as it feasibly can be. So we really appreciate all of you guys uh, so much. I say we because I look at TGT as a collective. I know 
some people are like, why does he say we? It's just Tom. But <laughs> it, is a, it is a collective um, and I have a lot of regulars as well. And I consider you guys part of the gang as well. The TGT gang is, is strong. The community is great. And, uh, and yeah, it's been fantastic to speak to you once again on a Friday at 5 p.m. As always, we always hear Fridays, Tuesdays, 5 p.m.s. Let's talk Arsenal is always going to be here um, as long as, you know, I'm not away or things aren't on. But, yeah, it's going to be around and here and for ready for a chat. Um, I'm going to put a new link to the Discord server for our members in the community tab. If you'd like to join, then you need to be an expert member. So make sure you join up uh, to our monthly scheme uh, and you get access to loads of other stuff as well, uh, of course, in the chat box too. Let's get some flying fish in the chat as we wrap things up. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. I will see you tomorrow for the preview show at 3 p.m. UK time. But other than that, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.